This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live with Arissa Fari. She is a spoken Hello. word. Hey, <laughs> there you are. A spoken word um, artist from South Florida, and we're glad to have you on the program today. So, so it's um, like, <laughs> so it's um, you know, we are a podcaster. We've been doing audio podcasts since 2018. We just started doing video podcasts, so we're happy to have Arissa on. And we're going to talk about her work. And she actually has a really cool YouTube video for girls and bad tattoos. So what we wanted to do, so for everybody to understand the artist that we talked to, we like to show a YouTube video of, from the artist. And you're a spoken word artist, but you have this really interesting YouTube video that we want to show. And then we can talk about it on the backside and then get into your background. Um, so we're going to cue that up. And you see it's coming up set that up. I'm going to put you on mute and then we're going to go right into the video. It's like you wished away all of your potential on girls, girls, girls and bad tattoos. It's like you wished away all of your potential on girls, girls, girls and bad tattoos. You fought your life against depression and claim it didn't get the best of you. While you work your regular day job, your family dreamed you would lead the world. But you fell victim to the starless nights and a broken heart. How dare you let the weight of a girl's words control the choices that lead you to the substances that blacken your perception and fall off your vision like a lonely drunken night. And you claim you're a poet, but you only write about a broken heart. And occasionally, how the sun shines through your veins. And your ex-lovers, they all have claimed that you have changed. And how that pure heart of yours is going to waste. Cause you're wasting away, getting high in your room again. Hoping that when you come down, there'll be a little bit more hope for you. It's like you waste away all of your potential on girls 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 and bad tattoos it's like you waste away all of your potential on girls 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 and bad tattoos it's like you waste away all of your potential on girls 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 and bad tattoos it's like you waste away all of your potential on girls Girls, girls and bad tattoos. How dare you let the weight of a girl's words control the choices that lead you to those substances that blacken your perception and fuck up your vision like a lonely drunken night. And you claim you're a poet, but you only write about a broken heart. Wasting away, wasting away. 
So we're back, and uh, that was Girls and Bad Tattoos. And I, I wanted to ask you about, about the video. It's really, it's an awesome production. And so I wanted to talk to you about like how you produced it, who you work with, or is this all you, or is this working with other people? Well, the video production is all thanks to the Venom Vision. Um, her name is Morgan. She was the one who filmed it, directed, um, basically she brought the poem to life. Um, the lyrics and the poetry and the whole concept, what's me, um, the vocals that you hear in the background and also throughout the entire song, that's um, singer and songwriter Dana Della Camera. So it was a, a, a team, team and I also, um, I also had a lot of accidents happen in this video, but good accidents like blessing. Um, a couple other artists contributed artwork. As you see throughout the video, there's different forms of art, not mm -hmm. just poetry and music. You have um, the symbolism with the guitars, and then you also have different artwork. Um, the beginning is from an artist. The, the statue is actually from Nicky Lopez. And then we also have a couple of the calendar was from Mary. And then the artwork was from another artist that contributed and wanted to, they, they felt the message and related to the story and it all came together. Um, but yeah, big, big thanks to Morgan for really sitting down with us and understanding the song, the lyrics, um, and also my style. I, I just, yeah. it was, but I like it your was style cool. is really interesting. It's a, it's spoken word. It's a little hip hop. It's the kind of beat poetry. It's the kind of thing I'm really into. I, I started, you know, as a musician, as a poet. I actually did poetry before I did music. So I have a, a deep love for like Harlem Renaissance, like Dunbar and uh, things like that. But um, yeah, I used to go to a place in Northampton, Mass, and cut a fire and water and do like just spoken word stuff before I did music. Um, but it's interesting how you took the visuals and then got the music and had all these other artists. So you did a full collab. Is that something you're continuing to work on? Uh, yes, and my work, um, honestly, it's, it's by feel. So I'm, I'm not one of those artists that releases a song every day or a poem every day just to release it. I really have to, I use it as a healing. So this poem was actually written three years ago and it was a spoken word. And one day I needed to heal and I turned it into a song mm -hmm. and, you know, um, I believe the genre is called alternative when you mix more than one genre or experimental yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. I think yeah. you use it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say this was actually a year and a half of work between the writing, the recording, and then the video. So, um, I definitely, my next projects, I do, I do want to continue working and continue um, trying different things, no matter how weird it is. The weird no, is better. Weird, weird's always good. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like the king of weird. Because <laughs> I put my uh, Josephine electric voice on and I got my mask on and get my hoodie and I don't even look like me. I look like somebody else. But um, so, so it's I like I'm standing, I'm standing to the videos. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, so originally this was a poem and then you found a way to get it into like this spoken word kind of musical form, right? Yes. And Dana, the singer, actually also helped me. So there's a different style. So she also helped me put the words 
you know, yeah, um, together and catchy. So spoken word's a little bit more detailed. You, you talk more versus music. You just get straight to the point. Yeah, music is kind of like like I, I I learned that lesson like being a poet. I like William Blake, and I like Dunbar, and 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 I like the way those kind of feel because they're kind of simplistic. But but um, when you get into a song, you kind of have to deal with the rhyme, or you have to deal with the temp, you know the tempo and just the timing of how the music yeah. is going. And the, and sometimes the poems that you don't have any music, you can do all kinds of interesting things. But when once music, you're a little constrained. <laughs> to to try to fit in a little bit. It's more intimate in a way yeah. versus yeah, a poem. You have an audience and you get more in yeah. It's a different then, delivery. Then you're working with all these other people to kind of fit it into music. It's not just your your own just lines. You've got to work with you know the the people who are putting the music together to kind of fit it and then figure out how they think it would work too. So it's a collaboration, which is it's pretty cool. Cause it's kind of like working in a band, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's just like it's like you join a band, you got a band going, and you did it. Um, so, and that's kind of similar to what we normally talk about. We mo mostly talk to musicians. We also talk to actors, but we've had maybe three poets on. So you're like the third poet that we've talked to. So, when did you first get into poetry? At like what age? Uh See, I was writing as I was learning English. I moved to the States when I was around eight years old, third grade. From Puerto Rico? Um, yes. And in, uh, music was a way of learning for me. So I would write lyrics along, like along the lyrics of the actual songs on the radio. And then in elementary school, they used to make us memorize poems and recite them in front of the class. So that's really when I started questioning like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah, I think it's really uh, interesting that you, music helped you learn like the language, which is a yeah. good actually way to learn a language. If if you get into the music of a culture, I think it's probably the best way yeah, to kind of get. If you pick the right songs too, don't. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick the right songs. <laughs> um, but honestly, when I I first share my poem, a poet a poem around a decade ago now, I want to say 10 years ago, that I had written and and still in school and it was a suicide note. So here I go again, you know, experimenting and this mm -hmm. time is with my suicide note I wanted to heal. So I turned it into a poem. Months later I revisited, turned it into a video. A few months later put it on YouTube, didn't tell anyone. And then four years later, I finally put it on social media and people started sharing and all my friends started supporting. And after that, I just started getting open invitations to perform at open mics. And it was just one blessing after the other. Well, I think that's a really positive story because, you know, I think all artists take pain at some level and use it to create art. And it's really, you know, I think it's inspiring that you were able to take very personal moment in your life and share it to, you know, to help people. Because uh, I think it helps people when they understand that other people feel that way, you know, and when an artist puts it in, in, in those terms, it can actually heal other people or help other people outreach to other people. So I think that's a real positive thing to do. Yeah, and I'm, it's good to hear that because sometimes it's not that easy to share. Um, uh, I think that's why I don't share so often because these are literally like diary experts 
experts mm-hmm. they're part of my life and that's also the beauty of it and that's why people can relate because it's also it's not just like your regular cliches of oh live love life it's like no this is the darkness i'm in it and i want anybody who's in it too to be able to relate and find you know somebody think, a little bit more than the people we see on tv well i think that's the talent of creative folks you know because you take like you know the person a lot of great artists take their personal demons or the things that really hurt them and and they turn it into you know some positive work even though it might still have darkness in it right if you think a guy like lou reed and like andy warhol they kind of lived in this kind of new york kind of dark area and it came you know a lot of alternative artists kind of name check lou reed and Warhol as inspirations, you know, because they they kind of went into these kind of weird areas of life and they they chose to talk about things that weren't pretty. They would talk about you know, addiction, they talk about, you know, um, you know, the politics, talk about personal issues, you know, talk about all kinds of things that normally aren't in songs. And so I think the, the artists that kind of push things, that take things that are not just a love song, but something that's like more about yourself or more about your struggles. Uh, I think it's, it, it's, it is a place for every type of art. And I think that is, is a very powerful when people share those kind of feelings. Yes, I agree. Yes, yes. Though it is hard for the artist because like you start to become popular with that and then you're kind of like, well, I, have I revealed too much to the world? Because everybody wants to have a little space for themselves. And as, as you start to grow as an artist and more people get into your work, and they just like, well, how much am I going to share? <laughs> you know, yeah. is, do you find that that's a hard line? Like they, as you get more and more, you know, venues to work with and more people to deal with, do you think about like how much you share? Um, I think that's why I take breaks. Um, sometimes uh, I know people are like, well, how does she do that? Like as soon as it's like really a lot of things are going on, I start slowing down just because it is overwhelming um and the last year performing too like the past year right right before COVID as soon as COVID hit because that's changed a lot um I started thinking to myself you know you look at oh RIP DMX you know addiction we were just talking about that um we were you know I, I look back and I look at artists like Mac Miller DMX X um Juice World uh, all these artists that this is what we're fighting for this is what we're striving for to be right where they are and then they go and they kill themselves or something terrible happens you know do I really want to be that is that the route I want to go so yeah sometimes it does get a little hard because the industry is a little bit different than yeah. real life yeah so I, I want like... <laughs> to yeah. you know where I'm at right now and just well, it's good to, to put the brakes on. I mean, I think there's this yeah. famous story that Kurt Cobain was like kind of stressing yeah, yeah. About, about his life. And he talked to Neil Young and Neil Young told him, he's like, you know what? Why don't you just take a break? Don't tour. Don't work on an album. Don't let everybody tell you you have to do this. Just don't do anything. Because Neil was like famous for like, hey, I'm just going to stop. I mean, he he had, you know, I don't know if you know his story. I mean, he, he came out of Canada, got into his famous band, Buffalo Springfield, with the guys from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And he got into Crosby, Stills, and Nash. He was a really big star. And then he, from time to time, he would just quit. He said, well, I'm not going to do it. He quit Crosby, Stills, and Nash, quit Buffalo Springfield. He would just go off and just say, I'm stopping. 
and go to his ranch in California and just stay there. And he just disappear and then come back. And sometimes he he kind of tell, tried to tell Kurt that he needed to do that, but he didn't didn't you know hear him. So I mean that sometimes happens if you try to help people, but they're on their own path. But yeah, it is a, a hard thing because you hear the stories of Janis Joplin and Hendrix and Jim Morrison. And the whole, the 60s is kind of totally wrapped in really great stars, kind of getting overwhelmed. And even today, we well with the punk rock era as well, like you said, Kurt Cobain, yeah, that era too. Yeah, so it's hard. Fame, fame has another side to it. Like the thing that you want, everything, every artist wants to, I think, their work to be understood and received. But I think it's the, we're all sensitive people. I think artists are very sensitive, and 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 in the fame can can compound that sensitivity. Um, and you have to kind of know what your what your limits are. But so we get into like, uh, when did you realize that your talent for poetry? Because I guess you started to share it, and then people started to recognize it. Um, so was that something that happened like like recently in life, or had had you started to get recognized for your art like at a younger age, or more like now? Uh, more like now, I would say more the last six, seven years I've been performing. Yeah. My first performance was six years ago. Um, but I always knew, like I said, like when I was young, I always knew I was either going to do something with music or writing and somehow I'm doing all of them plus modeling. Mm -hmm. That would be maybe something that just happened unexpectedly was the modeling. Um, oh, wow. the oh, you're doing that too. Yeah, yeah I, I, that was by accident. I had a friend um, who's a photographer now, Dre Doe. Uh, before she was a photographer, we met, and before I was a poet, and she looked at me, and she said, you're going to be a model, and I said, you're going to be a photographer, and two years later, we ended up doing our first photo shoot in our new in our new dreams, and, and then it, so we spoke it to air. Um, so that just, that that's something also that I'm looking forward to to experiment with my future art. I don't I don't want to do just like regular modeling. I always like to have some type of meaning or purpose behind it. So definitely combining it with some poetry and some more spoken words. I think that's a great thing to do because if you think about the great, great artists, right? Like I like got a guy like David Bowie, where you think about Lady Gaga, they're, they're people that use theater, right? A lot of you know, Freddie Mercury, I mean, there's this whole idea in, in music and art that if you 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 have that skill of being a model or being an actor and then being a poet, then being a musician, then when you go to present yourself, you can present yourself on a stage with like your own vision, right? So then you can take the ability of being a model and present your your poetry in a way that you direct your visuals because you wouldn't understand how 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 to use your look. In your, in your overall concept, you know, actors do the same thing. Bowie used to do a lot of acting on stage as a musician, and it you know it really worked. Could he create these characters? Lady Gaga does the same thing, and I think um, that's a really good talent to have because if you just, I think having a stagecraft is very important. As a, every musician, they ends up finding out that you need to kind of present yourself, and you have a stage persona, and then you have your normal normal persona. And I think poets do that to some degree as well. Yeah, and like I started this ten years ago, which you know, social media was just starting. I, you know, 
Uh, so I feel like right now it's a lot easier for artists to be able to get their work out there, even if it's anonymously. Um, you got writers like Atticus Poetry, who never shows his face, and his posts, his books are like number one sellers. Um, so I just feel like now it's the time for people to really get out there and like take that risk um, however you want. There's so many different tools now, so many I can't keep up with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm always finding new visual things for the stuff I do as well. I'm always, and we're here on this format because I found that, you know, we did do for years just audio podcasts. And there's something good about an audio podcast because it makes you just focus on what people are saying. You know, it's like a radio. And there's a difference on the radio versus a video. But the video has a way of capturing the imagination and the attention of people that's good to promote artists on, on, on video. Um, so another question would be, um, who are your influences as, as a poet? Like who are the poets that you looked up to that maybe got you into poetry? Oh, well, I grew up listening to Floretry. Um, Marsha was the reason I started and Death Jam. Actually, I grew up watching that too. So I always wanted to like try it behind the stage, but as far as, Poets, I love Rumi. Um, Atticus, I did mention him earlier. As far as YouTube, there's a England poet, uh, English poet, Sully Breaks, and he experiments with his poems as well. He actually does like rap and does more of visuals, so that's why I like to follow him. And then if you want to talk about legends, then of course like Emily Dixon, Shakespeare. Shakespeare is so dark. He is yeah, very dark. Poem. Very dark. <laughs> Um, and of course, it isn't like Maya, Maya Angela, everybody has a little oh, yeah. bit of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, um, I was into Dunbar and William Blake because I kind of like that tiger, tiger, how fearful thy symmetry. Blake, Blake is out of all those old English poets. His poems are, are not like Shakespeare. They're very short, you know, like the famous tiger, tiger, how fearful thy symmetry. They're not that very, they're very short lines and not like Tennyson or Wordsworth. And not that I, I like those two or Longfellow, but what's cool about his is it kind of relates in the modern era when you look at Blake's poems that you can you can understand them in an easier way. They're just very visual. They actually, when he did them, he actually etched art. They were actually like paintings on metal. And so every poem actually had a metal etching that was done in acid that actually has a drawing that goes with it. And I always thought that that was really cool. Like you kind of understand yeah. them, you actually need to look at the painting that goes with the poem. <laughs> yeah. So and I kind of understand that visual. Because like maybe somebody <laughs> couldn't resonate with the words, but they could look at the picture and resonate with that. So it's, yeah. it's good. I think it's kind of like the multimedia back in the Victorian era. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's interesting what people come up with. So um, it's it's just. I think it's really cool that you're you're the kind of multi-media uh, artist that you've mixed. You got modeling, you got spoken word, you've got hip hop, you've got music, you got the visuals. Um, you've done collaborations. You've been on the on the road doing spoken word performances. So during COVID, how hard has it been not able to go to those kind of poetry jams places and you know being able to actually go on stage? Um, it was def it's def everything is virtual, so it's it's 
it makes you push a little bit harder. Um, when COVID first started, though, I was actually in the beginning of taking a break because I was going to, I knew I was going to release this video um, towards the end of the year. So I was, I already had decided to take a break and I got a, a part-time job. So that's where uh, COVID got me from full-time performer to <laughs> Part-time performer. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure other artists also had to figure other ways to. Yeah, we're all kind of stuck. I mean, most most musicians and poets, were, well, we're all kind of dependent on venues because the, the services that push our work usually don't pay us that much. <laughs> um, Venues, festivals, concerts, everything. Like, yeah, now concerts. It's now yeah. yeah. I mean, concerts are the primary way most bands actually make money. Because waiting for streaming income is like waiting for a check that doesn't come. <laughs> but but um, but uh, so so we're all trying to find ways to do things. We're doing like you know I'm actually trying to get create an online festival with every guest I've ever had on my program. And over the last eighteen, but well, since twenty eighteen, we've had almost fifty guests from you know actors to poets to musicians, and we're trying to set up something for either this year or into next year where every single artist we've talked to actually does a performance. So every time we talk to somebody, we ask them, like, would you be interested in being in a festival like that? Even yeah. if it's like online, it's an online festival. So you just do it from like your own place. Um, the, the bright side of COVID though was the pandemic was that it did, like I said, it forced so many other tools to like, we have the stream, you know, we have live streaming now. It kind of opened the eyes of how much things we can do online. Um, but no, that that like you said, the concerts, the venues—that's really where it, where you want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's basically how everybody is like figuring out the new new way to do things is, you know, collaborating online, working with other people online, doing performances online until we can finally get back to the normal state of the world. Um, even then, it might be a little different from now on. <laughs> but. Um, so what have your what are your thoughts of um like when you get back out there uh have you been working on a lot of new work kind of what a lot of artists i've talked to because they've had time to not be on the road they've kind of gone inside but i think as a poet you're already there so during this time uh, have you used it to like do work that you didn't consider you were going to do or you know focus on just like just being kind of not in the limelight or like what 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 have you used this time for under COVID? I have been writing. I have a lot of poems that I've been writing and now it's back to square one of okay, how am I gonna release these poems? So cool. now it's a creative process of execution and making videos and who knows, maybe I'll experiment with some of these new platforms that are out there. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, you, you, well, if you've got some ideas, you don't want to give away the, sh the whole show. But, um, yeah, I think it's really innovative what you can do today. I mean, there's stuff with like virtual reality, there's stuff you can do, you know, with all kinds of multimedia, um, you know, and you know, taking poetry and mixing it with all types of different tech, uh, and different art is, um, is always something that's cool, you know, and the fact that you're modeling that's a whole nother thing. You could get have you ever thought since you went into modeling to take the next step and actually do some acting i've actually done acting 
I was able, I did a local film here in South Florida with, uh, it's a all women filmmaker team. It's called the 1310 Bandits. Awesome. Um, and yeah, that was two years ago. But as far as continuing that route, I don't think so. I mean, if something pops up, who knows? But I actually just want to focus on any aspects in writing. And then, like I said, the modeling world is unexpectedly opening doors. So I wouldn't mind focusing well, I think that that's too. really good because I think sometimes in the modeling world, there's been a certain type of person and it's yeah. cool to see there's many more types of people that are being included um, and, and different, you know, uh, it's just, I think it's encouraging to see that, that, that you're actually getting the opportunity to do it um, where, you know, in the past, it might not have been in such an open door. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give, make sure that you had um, the time to do what you need to do. And so I think we're getting close to the 30 minute point. So I'm really happy that you were on the program, Arissa Fari. Uh, and I think like it's going to be this, this program is going to be right now. It's on our Twitch. It's on our YouTube. It's on our Facebook. It will be out there permanently after this broadcast. We are also going to put audio only versions on Spotify podcast and Apple. And so people, We'll be able to listen to you in their cars or you know when they're walking around without having to watch the show um, but if they want to see it you'll be able to see it and we'll send you those links and we're very happy to have you on the program and if you ever want to come on the show again and push a project let us know because we love to kind of we like to support artists in, on their on their endeavors and what they're doing no thank you for having me and sharing my my video and yes i would definitely Stay in touch with you. I'm also, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan now, so I'm also looking forward to your videos. Um, he has videos on his Instagram experimenting with his instrumentals. So, yeah, for any artists that may want to collab, look him up. Yeah, I'd love to do. yeah, my visual stuff, I've been in the last three years um, really diving into a lot of kind of strange uh, psychedelic like or just weird imagery to go with my weird music. <laughs> so, um, no, no, no. weirder the better. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, you have to you have to get into expansive sound to understand expansive sound. But I think you're into expansive art, so you understand that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And feel free if you're listening and you like what you saw. Girls and Bad Tattoos is available on Spotify. It's also available on YouTube, and everything is under Ari Safari Poetry. Yeah, we're gonna keep the. We have the links for your um, Spotify and YouTube on the podcast. It will actually be uh, on the Facebook and everywhere else. This is, is like the Twitch and the YouTube. All these things will have those links, so you'll be able to get to them. Thank you very much for being on the program. Have a good night. Be safe out there. Happy Friday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>